Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, where our weekly goal is to bring the Lordship of Jesus Christ and bring it to every little detail of our lives. And you know, we're we're going to highlight somebody in this podcast today who was a a, a great advocate for the cause of Jesus and somebody who equipped many many people uh, in a biblical worldview. And his name is J.I. Packer. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with with. Uh, Mr. Packer, he was an incredible theologian, came from a Puritan kind of uh, a stream, uh, and the Puritans had an incredible uh, richness to their understanding of God's Word. The book that he is probably most famous for, although J.I. Packer is the author of many, many good books, I'll highlight a couple of them on our podcast today, uh, but the book I read as a younger man was Knowing God. Uh, a powerful, powerful book on how to know God, how to develop a relationship with God, and why that's you know why that's important. Packer was 93 years young, uh, lived a faithful you know God honoring life, and you know a few episodes ago, I think on our very first episode, we talked about another giant in the faith. Uh, Ravi Zacharias, yeah, yeah, and so that's passing away, yeah. you know I think I think it's good for for our generation and for us to be present in the moment and to realize that when. Uh, when some of these great ones pass on, yeah. uh, it's worth pausing and uh, and kind of summarizing some things that we need to take away from from their life's work. And there's so much. I mean, we could we could probably talk the rest of this year on uh, on J.I. Packer because he he is a tremendous theologian. I encourage everybody that's watching uh, to take some time to get to know his works, and that's a great one to start with, knowing God. Yeah, I'm always interested in some of these um, greats. And, and the books that have impacted you. I know he's one of your favorite, and you brought a couple books here. You just want to share a couple seconds how these books have impacted you? And Yeah, I took some time to go through. You know, I, I, I'm the guy that uh, likes to highlight stuff. Yeah. You know? Whenever I read a book, and I encourage you to do this, uh, make sure you mark it up. That includes your Bible. Uh, to me, when you're done with a book or you pass it on to somebody, you should be able to quickly you know, peruse through the book and find areas you've highlighted, areas you've underlined, right. notes in the, you know, in the side column. That to me, it helps me navigate. And so I took some time before this episode, episode rather, to go through and to capture some of my favorite quotes. So why don't you kick us off? We'll share some of these with our audience today, and I hope you'll be, be blessed by the wisdom of J.I. Packer. Well, just even before we start, yeah. I, I think, again, some of these Authors who are from a previous generation have a level, you mentioned have a level of depth, yeah. a level of heritage that many of our modern authors don't have. Yeah. Now, for example, the, the, the title of this book, Knowing God, you know, from a superficial standpoint, it seems almost like, like not much about it. Like, knowing God, what about it, you know? Right. But there is such depth and there's so, such wealth. And even that question, knowing God, has been a philosophical question that's been argued over ages. Can yeah. we actually know God? Yeah. Right? And I, you know, we were amazed at how much uh, this device, how much information is at our fingertips in a matter of a second. Yeah. We could ask a question. You know, all the Bible helps that are available online. Yeah. We have more accessibility to biblical truth now than ever. Sure. And what's amazing to me is not so much with J.I. Packer, because he tends to be more of a contemporary, but, but coming out of the streams of the Puritan writers. I mean, I'm reading a book by one Puritan great, uh, who the whole book is on Psalm 119. And, uh, you know, Psalm 119 is yeah. a long psalm. It's the yeah. longest psalm. Yeah. Every single verse is an entire message. Wow. And I, and I look at that going, wow, how do you glean that much truth to form an entire chapter of a book from one verse 
in Psalm 119, and then go through the entire psalm uh, and do that. Uh, these and and they did that without any help of computers. <laughs> right, so there right. wasn't like where was that? Let me Google yeah. that real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or, or you know, you and I can type in a certain biblical word. Yeah. And that word will come up everywhere it's used in the Bible. Right. They didn't have any of that. The only Bible that they knew and the only computer that they operated from was the computer right between their ears. And that, to me, is stunning. And it shows, again, I appreciate the ease at which we can access sure. truth. But I guess what's missing sometimes today is the depth. You know, you, you could, you know, prick these guys and they would bleed the Bible. Yeah. It's so interesting to me because, again, like we have access to so much information, but at the cost of us really digging deep and learning it for ourselves and processing ourselves and memorizing it and really researching and thinking deeply. I think something that's missing our culture today yeah. is thinking deeply, even knowing God, thinking deeply about what that means. And I think Jay Packer has touched on a lot of these points of how the depth of not just the first layer, not just the second layer, but the third, the fourth, the fifth layer. Yeah, things you haven't even thought about. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love reading, you know, one of, one of the quotes that we didn't have included today, but I, that I love about J.A. Packers, he said, for every one new book you read, read two old books. Mm. And the reason he said that is because we need, you know, to glean from previous generations. They had a perspective and a lens that they viewed the scriptures through and a life experience that they viewed the scriptures through that's just different from us nowadays. Yeah, I think in our culture today, we we mistaken knowledge because we have access to all the knowledge in the world via the internet. Right. We confuse knowledge with wisdom. Yeah. Like, oh, he knows a lot, but that doesn't mean he's wise. No, and, and, it doesn't and, mean it's been processed through yep. experience. Mm -hmm. And that was something that Packer touches on and I think we're going to get to in our podcast today. There, there's a huge difference between no knowledge of God and an experiential relationship with yeah, God, and that's what he's talking about. Here. And uh, absolutely, so, so I, I highlighted yeah. a couple of of uh, of the favorite favorite quotes of mine from Knowing God. So let's talk about. Yeah, some I'll of start those. with the first one. What makes life worthwhile is having a big enough objective, something which catches our imagination and lays hold of our allegiance. And this, the Christian has in a way that no other person has. For what higher, more exalted, and more compelling goal can there be than to know God? <laughs> Think of all the people today. Maybe you're watching this podcast. You're like, you know, what should I do with my life? <laughs> I mean, what, what J.I. Packer just said is, if you're looking for a cause, and I, I yeah. see so many, especially of the younger generation right. today, who, who many times have no biblical foundation at all, uh, and they're trying to find their cause to die for. You know, Packer said, what more compelling life goal could we possess than to pursue the knowledge of God and to know Him? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's going to take us forever to, you know, that, that will be an eternal pursuit to know God. Uh, and it's something that should certainly capture our lives, a good portion of our lives right yeah, now. Yeah, I can imagine waking up and be like, ah, what am I going to do today? <laughs> I'm going I'm going to get to know God better today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I got to go to work, and yeah, I got to go grocery yeah. shopping. But in the midst of all this, the underlying goal, know God better. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And, and what a worthy goal, and what a passionate goal, right. and what a, you know, what a, what a goal that's, that's absolutely worthy of our time and effort, and it's an eternal impact, right. and, and it shapes our lives for now. And I think most Christians will probably agree theologically with that concept, but if we ask ourselves and say, hey, is the is the uh, motivational, deep underlying motivational factor knowing God better, like underlying everything we do? Probably not. Like, we're yeah. probably not awakened to that. We're not even no. thinking about that. He's not even our focus. Right. And yet, right. he, if he is the foundation of everything that is, and if he's the one who created us for a relationship, then should that not be 
what drives us. Absolutely. And, you know, so we're all challenged in this, but but Packer helped us, you know, get back to that foundational point of our existence. And that leads to the second point there, too. I love this. He says, no subject of contemplation will tend to humble the mind than the thoughts of God. But at the same time, he said, the subject humbles the mind, but it also expands the wow. mind. The and, knowledge of God humbles you, but also expands you. How does that work? So, so you, yeah, you come into the presence of God, and once you, once you realize who he is, his holiness, his greatness, yeah. his wisdom, and then you realize who you are, the, the goal of that should be, wow, you know, who am I? Yeah. But then once you've seen who he is, your mind is enlarged and there's a passion that's created. Uh, and, and, you know, to the person watching this podcast, you might be saying, you know, how do, you know I read the Bible, but I'm, I'm just not, you know, sometimes I'm bored with it or whatever. Well, Packer was always encouraging us, get your focus. Whenever you're reading the scripture, don't get lost in the details. Let all of what you read point you back to, to a relationship with God himself. Mm. And if you focus on God, that's when your mind gets blown. And that's when you begin to connect the dots as to how you live like right now and so, the impact that God makes. So again, right you know, the Bible says knowledge puffs up. Just knowing things like nuts and bolts, that knowledge itself puffs up. But he's not talking about just knowledge. He's talking about a deep experience, relationship. He's talking about something much deeper you know, that humbles you. Yeah. Foundation blocks. I mean, yeah. again, we're, we have accessible so much information at yeah. our fingertips, and people get all you know, right. all, all puffed up with pride because we have we're the we're the information generation. So yeah. what if you don't know how to apply the information? Yeah. If you don't know where it fits. If you don't, if you right. context, if, yeah, context. If it makes you, you know, Mister Smarty Pants, right. these are all things that are going to destroy you. Right. And yet the the knowledge of God grounds you, yeah. and it keeps you That's centered, good. and it keeps you humble. Let's go. Uh, so anyway, let's go to the next one. Disregard the study of God, and you sentence yourself to stumble and blunder through the, through life blindfold, as it were, with no sense of direction and no understanding of what surrounds you. This way, you can waste your life and lose your soul. You know, he gives the example like if you came from another country and they dropped you in downtown Chicago, say, mm -hmm. and you're from a tiny little village in somewhere in India. I mean, you're going to be completely lost. You don't know the rules. You don't know the culture. You don't know the language. You don't know what these symbols are. Yeah. You don't know what any of these buildings do. You don't know why people are dressed that way. He says, imagine if you get dropped into this world, God's created world, mm -hmm. but you never take the time to ask God, like, why, who, what, who am I? Why am I here? That's What's good. the purpose of all of this? And he says the end result is basically uh, wasting your life and, and losing your soul. Mm. Um, so how important is the knowledge of God? Well, there's nothing more important. Yeah. And I, I remember the psalmist, one of my favorite verses in the psalms, the psalmist says, Lord, I am a stranger here. Please, he begs God, mm -hmm. please don't hide your commandments from me. Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, if you realize, I know you, you start from a position of humility. I don't know anything about life. I don't know why I'm here by myself. I don't know why I'm here. Unless God speaks, unless God reveals himself, unless God tells me who I am and what the problem is with me and what the solutions are, I have no hope of figuring out why I'm here. And I think that explains where most of the people in life are right now that don't know the Lord. You don't have a cause. You don't have a purpose. You don't know where you came from. You don't know where you're going. You don't know the problems in life, and you don't know how to solve them yeah. uh, because you don't have a Christian worldview. You know, uh, J.I. Packer wrote another book called God Has Spoken, 
which really lays the foundation for the fact that if God has not cho- had not chosen to speak and to reveal himself about all these things that the Bible reveals, we'd, we'd be hopeless to know anything. So the fact that God has spoken, right, yeah. means that we should treasure our Bibles because the Bible is the word of God spoken to us. And if we didn't have that, we're hopeless. I mean, we don't have a clue about anything. And so there again, when we approach God correctly from a biblical understanding, we realize if there is no revelation of God and no revelation of of all of life, then we'd just be running around in the dark, right. basically. And many, many and, of us are. And many people are. And, and the tragedy is, again, not just that you waste your life, but I mean, think about this. You not only waste your life, but you lose your soul. We're talking about eternal things here. To, to, to not know God means you lose your soul. Yeah. Eternity separated from God. There, I mean, there's no, there should be nothing that horrifies us more and, and also that puts the knowledge of God in his proper perspective than that thought right there. Waste your life, lose your soul. What a tragedy. Well, it's interesting to me because we are in many ways a study-rich culture, right? All our top elites have their PhDs and research, and right. we study all kind of things. And study studying itself is elevated. You know, we're academic-rich culture in, in our yep. modern culture today. But the study of God, right? The most important person to be studied has been debunked in our higher, highest academic institutions. Ignored. Ignored, right? Yeah, the, the foundation of all knowledge. You know, of course, the Bible reveals that Jesus is the source of all truth, of all reality. And when we reject God and we reject truth and we reject his word, you know, we're, we're just highly educated imbeciles. I mean, right. we have right. lots of PhD at, the, right. you know, at the end of an alphabet at the end of our names, but, but we, you know, we've educated ourselves into imbecility. You know, we have nothing to offer. We're fools right. apart from God. Right. And Packer helps to remind us that our, our and, and this is, you know, he's an academician. You know, all, all of the, our study of any subject should begin with the knowledge of God. I don't care whether you're studying some, you know, heart disease or whatever. It, it all begins with what does God have to say about what it is that, that I'm pursuing right now, right. The, the answers that I'm trying to find. That's good. That's good. So that's the worldview, Christian worldview. All right, let's go to the next one. Your turn or my turn? All right, go keep reading. Now, once you become aware that the main business you are here for is to know God, most of life's problems fall into place of their own accord. <laughs> now, talk about this because we, we both love the whole idea of uh, being fathered by God. Yeah. And and that's really what he's saying. Um, when, when you understand that your goal in life is to know God, then that means everything that happens to you is viewed through the lens of what is God trying to teach me about himself, about me, yeah. about the world in which I'm living in, about other people. It gives it gives the challenges of life a context, yeah. and that's so helpful for most people. You know, we're talking about mindsets in some of our previous episodes. Yeah. yeah, if you can allow this to become the mindset, okay, I'm dealing with a challenge here. What does this teach me about God? What does this teach me about me? Yeah. Uh, it provides a learning context that really helps you move forward in life. Yeah, what I've really observed and what I'm trying to teach my kids is most people encounter problems. And most people encounter the same problems. <laughs> like the problems you face on a day-to-day basis, the problems I face, are not novel. Okay, no. most, of, most of us face your car breaks down or you lose your job or you struggle to pay your bills. I mean, these are problems that most people face. So the difference in how we encounter, how we overcome this problem is not, is not the problem itself. Right. It's our context, like you said, it's our mentality, okay? Yeah. It, it doesn't even have to relate to our resource or talent, but it's our mentality. And what I've found is the people who are most victorious 
have the best mindset of those people who sees everything in the context that God is drawing them closer. It's yeah. an opportunity for them to learn, to grow, yeah. and to grow to do what? To know God more. You know? And, and, and Packer said that, that the true knowledge of God, the way God has revealed himself to us through adoption and through redemption, these amazing doctrines in the Bible, is that we are sons and daughters. And you and I have talked about this, getting healed of our father wounds, realizing that I have a heavenly daddy who is teaching me about his greatness, about his love, his compassion for me. So the knowledge of God directs me to this amazing father that I have who's trying to father me through my entire life. I'm not alone. I don't have to figure it out by myself. I don't have to rely on my own resources. I have God. He is for me. He's not against me. I mean, the whole drama of redemption reveals a God who has done everything imaginable to bring us into relationship with himself and then to give us all that we need to live a victorious life. Yeah. If you uh, if you believe in the precept that, number one, God's in control of everything, okay? So every, nothing's accidental. Everything's strategic. So number one, number two, that God's for me. He loves me. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. If you guys have kids, you understand your heart for yeah. your kids will never change. Your kids will do Nothing will ever change your love for your kids. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter what failures or mistakes they made. You will always love your kids. If you understand those two premises, you put them together, you understand. And it comes together in that Bible verse. And Paul says, all things work for the good of those who love him. I call according to his purpose. So any type of tragedy or 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 failures or problems all falls in that category of all things that work for the good of who we are so we so that we can more conform to his purpose. All things is pretty all-encompassing. Yes, all things. All things means anything we're going to deal with in life. And, and Paul goes on right. to explain some of those. You know, we have minor problems. We have first world problems, right? That, right. that frustrate us. Yeah. But yeah, then my Twitter account won't work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, you know, we get irritated or whatever. Yeah. But Paul's talking about all things, persecution, yeah. uh, suffering, Death, you know, I mean, the greatest challenges that any human being will experience in life, the way we get through these things is by our knowledge of God. And, and you know, and we've shared this before. We're doing a series now at church called Squeeze. What, when we're squeezed, what comes out of us reveals really either our knowledge of God or lack of knowledge of right. God. Because when we know God, there's a foundation and a strength that comes out of our lives that's, that's amazing. That's Let's just do a couple more here. Because sometimes, you know, it, you know, Packer was... In, uh, important pointing us to the fact that this isn't about the knowledge of God so that we win Bible quiz bowl, you know, <laughs> like, God's right. not, God's not looking for Bible quiz bowl champs, you know, right. there's a purpose for our knowledge. And so read the next couple of quotes because it really helps us understand the purpose. Yeah, there, there, there is nothing more irreligious, irreligious than self-absorbed religion. And there's no greater cure to self-absorbed religion than preaching on the greatness and the supremacy and the centrality of God. And, you know, if you're watching this, one of the things that that is center, the center of our preaching here is we want to be God-centered. It's, you know, we've heard it said many times, it's not about me. Yeah. The goal of my salvation is not me. Um, God does not exist for me. I exist for him. And, and when you make that shift and when you study God and when you make him the focus then we don't get involved in this shallow, cotton candy, self-absorbed, God exists to make me happy, you know, religion that's yeah. so prevalent in America today. And it's really part of the, the, the weakness of the church is that we, we have created a self-absorbed kind of Christianity. Yeah. So anyway, that's what the knowledge of God will cure. Well, the, the, 
my, my thought about this is, you know, when we talk about the study of God, and what comes to my mind a lot of time is, is the academic studying of God, sitting in a classroom. I'm not saying that's not bad or needed, but that's just a portion of that. Exactly. I, people who, I know people who knows the scripture, you know, f- from beginning to the end, they can quote doctrines, but they don't live it, right? Right. So the knowledge of God has to be internalized into a true experience. Now, how I'm just thinking, we're so self, self-centered by nature, like we can't help but be self-centered. What really gets us out of that self-centered box is that experience with the awesomeness of who God is in the yeah. midst of His presence. Yeah. Like we can't do nothing but get on our knees, right? Which is why I selected this next one. The life of true holiness is rooted in the soil of awed adoration. That's a that's a, a beautiful way to say it, awed adoration. So the soil of holiness is adoration. It, it's, again, getting ourselves out of the center. Yeah. And, you know, when we talk about adoration, that means I'm going to adore the one who my focus is upon. And when you see the beauty of the Lord, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, that inspires a sense of warmth of adoration of love of yeah. passion of treasuring uh of the lord uh that creates a soil so that true holiness can grow not a f- artificial holiness you know we deal with people all the time that have been in churches that had a culture where everything was fo- uh, focused on externals you know the length of this uh, whether you wear this or don't wear this uh you know all these ritualistic, ex- ritualistic and, yeah. and well we don't act that way or whatever but but a lot of it's rooted in um externals, you know, legalism. It's not coming out of a passion for Jesus that says, you know, I want to do this for the right reason. I want to do this because I want to please the Lord. And, you know, so until we see the Lord and love the Lord and have that encounter with God that's real, we're going to end up just doing a lot of religious stuff in church that really doesn't produce freedom. Yeah, I think that internal, like you said, that practice, that that habit of of practicing how awesome, worshiping, adoration, which I don't think is is normal for all of us. It's not inst- instinctive to all of us that we have to almost practice the habit of, of of being the presence of God. Once that's internalized in you, that becomes something genuine. You know, that comes out naturally. Well, yeah. I don't know about you with Debbie, but when I experienced. Uh, uh, my wife's beauty for the first time. I, I had a picture of her that I look at. When I would gaze upon that picture, it would cause my heart mm-hmm. to fall in greater love with the object of mm-hmm. my focus. Yeah. And so what's the purpose of the scriptures? The scriptures are to reveal to us the love of the Father revealed through his plan of redemption, sending his son Jesus to die for our sins. We see his kindness. We see him healing the sick, casting out devils. We see his compassion. We see his sacrificial love for us. It's like looking at through a photo album. Mm-hmm. And the purpose... Rekindles that, right? Ah, you're like, why does God love me right, so much? Right. Why would God form a covenant with me? Yeah. Why would why would God love me so much that he would give the most precious thing that he had to give, his son, Jesus Christ? I mean, that causes something on the inside, not just up here. Right. You know, the, we've said this before, the, the Bible teaches that even Satan can win a Bible quiz. Book, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Satan knows the truth, right. but, sa- but Satan doesn't treasure the right. truth. That's what it means to be born again. And the purpose of the scriptures is to throw, you know, logs on the fire of our affection. That's good. And so in that culture of affection and adoration, that's when we want to live a life that pleases God. It's like you and I on just a simple human level. 
you know, if I love you, I'm not going to want to do you wrong. I'm not going to want to steal from you. I'm not going to want to slander you. I'm not going to lie about you behind your back because of our relationship, because I value it. Right. Just on a brother-to-brother -brother relationship, how much more does that awaken affection in our heart for God Almighty, yeah. for our Creator? Uh, and so that, you know, so really here's the, here's the truth. Until we experience and know God, we'll never be able to live a, whole, a, a genuinely holy life. Yeah. Because we're always just going to be whitewashing the uh, the outside, and like the Pharisees, right, full of dead men bones. Right. They had a lot of knowledge about God, but they never had an encounter with God. Right, and so they just live these nasty lives, but they look so good on the outside. And you know, people come to church all the time with the same experience. They're they're Pharisaical. They look good on the outside, but they've never dealt with the stuff inside. And can I just encourage you the antidote? that J.I. Packer reminds us of the antidote to shallow, self-absorbed, sinful Christian living uh, is to have an encounter with God that genuinely changes you from the inside out. So according to Packer, what is the end game? What is the purpose of this knowledge of God? Yeah, you know, he talks a lot about motives because like, like I said, the goal is never, let's get my head puffed up. And, and we've run into these people. Sometimes people think that in the, in the American church that the more Bible degrees that you have, yeah. uh, the more eloquent you are, the more godly you are. And I think, you know, again, he's coming out of this rich Puritan tradition that recognized that it's the both the head and the heart mm -hmm. that 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 the knowledge of God in our heads should inspire a passion for God in our hearts. Mm. And here's the beauty of it. The passion of God in our hearts should inspire a pursuit of more knowledge of God in our heads. In other words, it's this beautiful cycle that goes around. And so I highlighted another quote that he had that, that I thought was really, really good. He said, to be preoccupied with getting theological knowledge as an end in itself, to approach Bible study with no higher motive than a desire to know all the answers, to be Mr. <laughs> Bible, Bible Answer Man, yeah. Yeah. is the direct route to a state of self-satisfied deception. That, that is a powerful, powerful quote. In other words, if you pick up the Bible, pretend like this is the Bible, and I'm reading the Bible every day, but my goal is just to be Mr. Bible Smarty Pants, all right, uh, so that I can win arguments. Right. You know, you've seen people like that. They're argumentative. Well, what did you mean by that? Well, that's not the intent of that verse. They're critical of everything. I, I, I've been around people like that. They're, they're not a joy to be around. You would think that the more that they knew, the more sweet they would become, the more like Jesus they would mm -hmm. become. But instead, they move into a state of self-satisfied deception. That's a scary place. That means, that means you don't even know you're becoming a Pharisee yeah. because you're deceived. And so in a nutshell, what, what Packer says the goal is, is to know God so that you can be like him and so that you can live for him and so that you can manifest his glory. Yeah. So the whole purpose of the knowledge is to transform us. And the way that that happens, and this is important, he says, we're not looking for esoterical experiences where we're going to you know, fast and pray until we have our own burning bush or until God, you know, an angel shows up in our closet <laughs> or something like that. Um, that that's not the way you, that you know God. The way you know God is you sit in his presence with his word where God has spoken. You worship him and you read his word and you meditate on his word and you think of uh, those thoughts about God under the influence of the Holy Spirit and you allow the truth of God's word to go deep into your heart and to transform you um, so that you 
hear what God's saying about who he is, that you ask him to help you understand and that you ask him not just to understand, but that your heart would be warmed by that truth. And and the goal being that you now are able to go live what the Bible actually teaches. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge I think we talked about. You know, it's easy sometimes to go to church all your life yeah. and, and you have notebooks full of, you know, truth. Right. But to live that truth, to be a godly person, I think he's got another book called The Quest for Godliness. How do you live out that, you know, that life that actually looks like Jesus? Mm. And that's really the goal. Yeah. Not just, again, to fill our heads with lots of information. Yeah, you mentioned a couple points here of that demonstration. What does it look like to have, what does it look like for a person to have true knowledge of Christ, of God? Yeah. What does that mean? And, and Packer gives us four evidences. Yeah. And let's just talk about those yeah. briefly as we wrap, wrap this up. He said people that know God, first of all, have great energy for God. Have you seen people like that? You know, the people with a dream, people yeah. with a passion. They're like, I want to make the biggest impact I can possibly make. Yeah, they want to serve. They love serving. It's not. A, it's not a. Uh, it's not a chore for them to serve others. No, the passion, yeah. and, you know. And I, I highlight you as well. Um, uh, when I think about your life, the thing I've loved about you, and the reason why you're doing what you're doing right now, you've always had a passion for Christ Church. You had a sense of, you know, a passion for the glory of God. You want your life to count. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason you want your life to count is because you know God and you want you, you want your life to matter at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think for people watching this, you know, there's more to life than than dying with the most toys, than having the biggest bank account, than, than living in the biggest mansion, than, than, you know, than having material things. There, there's more. And people that know God have a passion about their lives. They want to make their lives count. Yeah. And, and and boy, if there's a if there's something our generation needs today, it's that kind of passion. Yeah, passion is leadership. Leaders need great passion, and passion is infectious. You know, Absolutely. and as we lead others, we need passion. And so, if you want to get some passion in your life, pursue the knowledge yeah. of God. Yeah. Second thing he said is is that people who know God they think big thoughts about mm-hmm. God. You know, all the greats. You know, uh, saints of the old, as we look at them historically, they they say things like you know. Um, uh, uh, dream big thoughts about God, yeah. you know, accomplish big things for God. You know, William Carey, I think I butchered that quote, but William Carey, John Wesley, I mean, all the greats, basically, once you encounter the greatness of God, you realize there's no limits. Nothing is impossible. Yeah. And if you are living in a world with God where nothing is impossible, then you're going to be a visionary. Yeah. And you're going to go, well, why not? Right. Well, why couldn't this happen, right? right? And again, you're not going to be limited in that fixed mindset. You're going to have a growth mindset because God is your partner. You know, I think it was John Wesley said, if God is your partner, make your plans big. Yeah. You know, so, so people that know God are big thinkers. They're not little tiny thinkers. They're big thinkers. Yeah. Uh, and I like that because I want to be around big thinkers. <laughs> right. And the biggest thinkers are people who have a personal relationship with God That's Almighty. Good. Third area, he said, was those who know God show great boldness for God. Wow. We need, we need some boldness in our culture today, don't we? Absolutely. When, so how about this? If you are experiencing a lack of courage, mm-hmm. why? Yeah. Are you just a timid person by nature? Well, you might be, but maybe it's because your knowledge of God is way too small. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I love that you know, story in the Bible. Uh, where where the prophet is surrounded by the enemy, right? And his servant is freaking out. He goes, "Oh my gosh! Look at all these look, look at all these armies around us!" And and the prophet says, um, "Lord, open his eyes and let him see the truth about what's really happening right now." Right? And his eyes are open, and he sees 
all the chariots of God, flaming chariots surrounding them. And he realized at that moment, those guys are outnumbered. But he, he didn't realize that until the prophet said, hey, Lord, bring him into the true reality. Let him see yeah. what's really happening. And, you know, in our culture today, you know, especially today now, like literally right now, fear and hysteria have gripped America. Even the church yeah, is so gripped by fear and hysteria. Our problem is not fear. Our problem is the lack of knowledge of God. That's good. Because the knowledge of God helps you see things as they really are. And uh, it helps put things in uh, the life's challenges in perspective. And you realize, wait a minute, God is so much bigger than this. I'm with him. He's in charge. I need, if, I got, if I'm confused about what to do now, I need to go seek the Lord. I need to spend time in his presence. I need to get the word of God out. I need to read the promises of God that are for me. <coughs> mm -hmm. And what that does is it gives you boldness because you realize there's nothing that's going on in our culture today that God cannot solve. Yeah, what I hear is when you lack boldness, when you deal in fear, stop focusing on the fear or being more bold. Instead, focus on the knowledge of God. Absolutely. Which naturally I need boldness. more. Yeah. I need more of God. I need more faith. I need to see God more clearly. I need yeah. to see what God's doing right now because this is his world. God is at work in his world. Why am I freaking out about it? This is his world. Everything's happening according to his story. That's yeah. what history is, right? Yeah. So we're bold. That's good. And the la this last one, and we'll close with this. Those who know God... J.I. Packer says, have great contentment in God, yeah. which just means simply this. You know what? To know God means I'm satisfied. There's I, joy. I'm, there's peace. I'm not looking for, yeah, I'm yeah. not looking for more. I'm not, I'm not incomplete. If I have God, I have everything. Yeah. And if I have everything, I'm content. And if I'm content, I'm, I'm not worried, striving, whatever. I, I can rest in God. Yeah. I feel like that's a principle which many in the church will claim that, that they know or theologically will, will, will acknowledge that's true, but their lives don't reflect it by their activities and, and their anxiety or their longings well, because there's no great contentment. If we're, if we're honest, it's something yeah. we all struggle with. Yes. You know? but, but, but the antidote that Packer reminds us is, I don't need to make more money. I don't right. need to go to another you know, uh, theology class or whatever. I need to know God more uh, experientially. I need to encounter him. I need to wrestle with his promises. I need to trust him in the midst of my life. And I need to know that with God, I don't have any lack. Yeah, that's good. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, I don't have a lack, which means that my deepest longings are satisfied in the Lord. And that was great. Like what I hear is, you know what, if you lack energy, if you lack passion, if you lack vision, if you, if you have a hard time with dreaming and having big thoughts, if you struggle with boldness and courage, and if you don't have contentment, you always feel like something's missing. Don't focus on those items. They're just distractions. Focus on the knowledge of God, and naturally, all those arenas will be fulfilled. Come on. Hey, just talking about this book gets me fired up right now <laughs> yeah, because I'm go. like, you know what? I need to, that, that's the other thing about a classic. You know, that's why I never get rid of a good book because they're not just to be read once. They're to be read multiple oh, times. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you, when somebody passes, like Ravi Zacharias, you know, several weeks ago, or J.I. Packer, sometimes that's an indication that you need to pull that book off your shelf, right. dust it off, and you need to go revisit some of the amazing wisdom that these saints had and that they communicated to us. Yeah, I found that, you know, whether I read a book or listen to a podcast, the first time, just like the surface level, after reading and listening to it three or four times, it finally gets to my spirit. And yeah. I start to actually act it out, you yeah. know? So yeah. it just takes time. But no, Another little nugget. Yeah. 
is I, you know, the, when a great writer quotes somebody. You go find that book. <laughs> I go back to that book. And here's, here's this is why I feel like, you know, we're living in such an amazing time, is I can go on Amazon and I can look up that book. Mm-hmm. And many times that book, because it's from an old, old author, I can get that book for 99 cents right. on my Kindle. And I, I'm looking at it like, this is precious gold. Nobody knows about this gold. Yeah. And I got it for a buck, <laughs> you know? And so I, I, look, I go on a, uh, on, a, on a treasure hunt because I'll read this book and he'll quote some great Puritan you know, writer or thinker. And then I'll go find that Puritan writer or thinker and then find out who they quoted. And before you know it, you're on this amazing yeah. hunt that leads you to such rich truth from previous generations that have been lost. You know? That's good. So anyway, uh, we honor uh, Mr. Packer. Thank you for a job well done. Thank you for running your race to the end, for finishing well and for leaving us an, an incredible legacy that we can continue to enjoy for generations to come till Jesus comes. So our, our challenge to you today, let's pursue God together. Uh, and in doing so, I get excited about this. Think of, think of the church we just talked about, a church that's content. Man, we love the Lord. We're not looking for anybody else. We're not looking for another, another career, another calling. We love Jesus. We want to please him. We want to be bold. We want to have amazing big thoughts, big dreams for God. And last Lastly, we want to have the energy to carry it out. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, and the Lord is the source of all those things. So we want to pray for you right now, all right? And let's humble ourselves and let's ask that God would encounter us and that our knowledge of him, our personal experiential knowledge of God would grow. Boy, if, if that's not what this generation and what our culture in America needs right now, I don't know what is. So Father, for your glory and for your name's sake, Lord, we ask you, to reveal yourself to us, Lord, as we open up your word in humility, as we posture ourselves, Lord, from a place of dependence and hunger. Lord, I ask you, God, to encounter us, to to blow our minds with your greatness. Help us to fall in love with you every day in a fresh new way. Lord, let your mercies be new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. And Lord, in our culture today, we, we have a deficit of the knowledge of God. It's apparent everywhere we look. Father, help us, help us, help us, help us. When people see us just today, they literally encounter you and they encounter your greatness through, through our testimony, through the way we live our lives, through a godly life in a world that's surrounded by ungodliness. May the godliness of our lives be like bright and shining uh, lights in this culture today. Lord, have mercy upon us. Have mercy on your church. Help our churches to be to be saturated with your presence. And Lord, help America to have a fresh encounter and a revival of righteousness through an encounter with you, Lord. Make your name great once again in our nation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to being with you this next week. And I want to encourage you, if you want a to-do list, uh, find one of the many, many great books that J.I. Packer has written and treat yourself uh, to a book this week and enjoy God. Have an amazing week. We love you guys. See you guys next time.